Welcome to the We're Kicking a Podcast, where I get the privilege to talk to the legends and warriors of the martial arts world. Today, I am being joined by two-time world champion in no-gi competition, six-time Pan-American champion, and author of the best-selling book, Mastering the 21 Immutable Principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Paulo Guillebel. Sir, how are you? Welcome to be here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Wonderful studio, sir. You have an awesome studio. Thank you. Thank it. you. Yeah, so tell me a little about yourself. Um, born and raised in Brazil? Yes. I was uh, born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Uh, raised over there, and I moved here to the United States when I was 26. Oh, okay. Uh, started Jiu Jitsu uh, in 1988 when I was turning 14. And, you know, and, and everything else, the history we're going to talk about here right now. <laughs> yeah. So, any reason that you got into jiu-jitsu or just one day you showed up to a class or what happened there? No, yes, was a reason. Um, so, when I was uh, on, seven, on seventh grade, um, I, have, you know, I have a couple of friends and, um, you know, it's in... One day, this group of people from the eighth grade uh, decided to uh, look for some people to bully. And one of the kids there, um, he knows my cousin. And one time my cousin asked something about him and I said, I don't know, I didn't like the guy, you know, I think he was a bully. And uh, I know my cousin ended up telling uh, someone that told him, right? Yeah. So basically, the guy started to look for me uh, at the school. And you know, I was like 13, he was 14, and he has a group of people. And, you know, and then they found me there. You know, I knew something's going to happen. And then I was, okay, now, man, I have to deal with this uh, at the recess. So, yeah, I went there, and then they they kind of got me and did a couple of things like put me in the pillar and stretch me, you know, and did all kind of crazy things in front of everybody. And of course it was very embarrassing. And at that day was the day that I thought, man, I have to learn how to defend myself because, um, you know, at, at least if that happened again, I want to take one with me, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let that happen again. So that was the beginning. Um, and then I was looking for, um, you know, martial arts, you know, and I had some friends that were doing jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu wasn't uh, super big in Brazil back then, uh, but in my neighborhood, we have a couple of schools, really good schools. And so a couple of my friends were training in the place I used to hang out at uh, with uh, Master George Pereira, and they invited me over. So... Uh, one day I got, actually got three other friends to go with me and like, you know, like, okay, let's go together because, you know, like we've never been there and, you know, like we're not comfortable going, I, I wasn't comfortable just walking right in the school yeah. that I didn't know any, my, most people, you know? So we got those guys and then we start training and I had a, I had a blast that day and that day I realized, okay, I think jujitsu is for me. All right. And those friends that you had, are they still training or? Yeah. Well, well not all of them. Um, I started with uh, four. Um, four. One of them, and now I think is a black belt. The other one, mm -hmm. I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's training anymore. Uh, so hold on. Let me remember it. One, one 
stop for sure. Uh, I think two of them went uh, to the point that they or either got brown belt or black belt. Um, and actually, one of them actually uh, later down the road, they, he started, he became my student. Oh. Yeah, the one is a black belt today because now he's a black belt from somebody else in Brazil because I moved here and all that. But, uh, you know, once I became high ranked and, he, you know, I was training more than him, he was training more like, uh, you know, here and there. And uh, one day, that, you know, we end up, end up being, you know, his instructor for a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty awesome. So tell us, you arrive at the studio and Riviera, Mr. Riviera, was your instructor or? George Pereira. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So he was your instructor. Yes. And that's where you got your black belt under? Yes. All right. So tell me more about him. How, how was he? Uh, well, he, you know, he, he was a student from uh, the Grace Academy, Hicks and Gracie. Um, when I started Jiu-Jitsu... He was, he's 10 years older than me. So he was like a younger guy. He was um, 24 and I was, you know, 13, 14. Yeah. And, you know, really good, really good instructor. Very, uh, he, he really took Jiu-Jitsu as a um, self-defense, yeah. right? Because back in the days, uh, Jiu-Jitsu was, the competitions were there. But, you know, Jiu-Jitsu, above all, is a, self, a form of self-defense. Yeah. So, you know, it was really challenges uh, when we were <laughs> kids. Like, we we actually, some people even, you know, was like, they, they didn't understand the methods that we were, he was using. Because some, some of the methods were really, like, tough. Like, yeah. for example, uh, he was, like, defender of the Jiu-Jitsu style, right? So, if somebody else comes from another style... I remember that um, I was young. It was like yellow belt at the time. So I was like 14 years old. And then I have some friends that were 14, some 13. And then if somebody comes from another school, it's like this guy came and he's like, oh, I'm karate. I've done this and that. And I say, oh, you're from karate. Okay, so let's do this. See those kids over there? Pick one of them. you know. And then the, kid, the guy look at us and... Want your kids look at them like pit bulls, you know? <laughs> and then he picked me. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, okay, so we're guys going to do this. You're going to go karate on him. And he cannot do anything on you but jujitsu. He cannot punch <laughs> you. He cannot kick you. Nothing. Just jujitsu. So that's how it was, right? So yeah. we went, you know, the guy didn't know jujitsu. So End up, you know, take him down. But he beat me up a couple of times. But then when I took him down, mounted him, and then end up like getting his arm, and then it was over, you know. Yeah. But that how he was. He was, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we like always being challenged by by him by putting him in situations that, um, you know, we have to actually defend ourselves, you know. And so that was something that I, you know, at the time was kind of scary, but. He really helped me because that, that gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. By being able to do that, like, and be able to, oh, I can use my martial art to defend myself, you know, against guys, even from all the martial arts that I always respect. You know? Yeah, no. <laughs> it's funny you say that, you know, he picked you from a karate base because I'm a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, but I remember the first time I tried it, I was like, there's a whole new world. I was getting dragged left and right. I was like a ragdoll to everyone. After that class, I fell in love because mm -hmm. I was like, 
I, I love jujitsu. This is awesome. The whole new world. It's super awesome. And <laughs> I can only imagine what just went through that day with you guys and whatnot. So going up the ranks, do you have any, Mark, any favorite rank that you like to train under? Like when you were, I don't know, blue, blue belt, purple, like any purple. belt that I like to, to be at? at yeah. Well, uh, in the beginning, I really liked my yellow belt, of course, because, <laughs> you know, yellow belt in the kid world back then was like a big deal. Yeah. Um, of course, orange belt was like, oh, my God, orange belt. Blue belts are like, oh, man, a guy's a blue belt. We, can, we didn't see many blue belts around. Yeah. And black belt was like finding unicorns. Oh. Right? So, we <laughs> yeah. see a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu. It was like, oh, there's a unicorn over there. Because you can, you know, there's not many uh, at that time. You know, there's um, basically the, the instructors of their schools, and that's it. The students are mostly not black belts, you know. Yeah. And so I remember when the became blue belt was something significant for me because uh, um, I think, oh, I achieved that level that, and I became blue belt really early with 15. Uh, like I was like in. A year and a half of jiu-jitsu. Oh. Yeah. Because I was doing good. I was winning yeah. all the tournaments. And then my, then my, my sensei is just like, um, man, I'm going to put you there. See what happens. You know? So I went from yellow to blue. <laughs> and, uh, and then I fought the first tournament. I lost. And then I won the second two tournaments in a row. And then I'm like, okay, I guess I, I can do that. <laughs> As I was 15 years old, I was beating adults, you know? Yeah. Uh, so blue belt is, you know, belt that have a lot of good matches. But of course, I think my answer is kind of the answer that a lot of people have is the purple belt, right? The purple, the purple belt when you start like really having fun. Right? Oh, okay. Like you're like, oh, now I have a game. Now I'm actually giving a hard time to the brown belts, to the black belts, you know? So you're in that situation that, uh, you know, you don't have the weight on the back of being a black belt or a brown belt. Yeah. But you have jujitsu <laughs> enough to, Really, like, you know, do, you know, put a good match against them. So, that was a pretty fun belt. And I actually stayed there for a long time. Purple <laughs> <laughs> belt. Yeah. Well, just so the, the people can understand, it's not like your traditional martial arts where you rank up certain belt in jiu-jitsu. It takes a while for you to rank up. Yeah. So, you being an instructor, what do you look for in for in order for you to rank up a student, well, um, yeah, I look first for that commitment, right? Mm -hmm. The student has to have a commitment. Um, so if you put in a lot of time, um, if you start putting a certain amount of time, and I start looking, and then start looking more what he's got, like, um, so then I start seeing does he know the the the, the basic techniques that you need to know to. Uh, move on to another level, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, back in the days, I used to compare him training-wise, right? Oh, is he training well of those guys? But today, uh, I don't do that much because there's different kinds of students, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the, the student competitor, which is like a different breed. Like this guy is always on the mat, training yeah, every day, yeah. workout, do cross training, uh, and then there's like the the guy that trains, you know, you know, like as a hobby, mm -hmm. right? Like that comes you twice, three times a week, 
So, I mean, the, the day, they, the, the time they come more uh, to the weekly is like four times and uh, doesn't do a lot of cross training. Jiu-Jitsu is everything. So it's hard to compare, you know, they'll be comparing apples and oranges, apples and oranges, right? So in that case, that guy doesn't, you know, he's still learning. He's still getting good at jiu-jitsu. He's still, uh, you know, getting the techniques and understanding the techniques. So, you know, so I see the, the both ways. You know, the competitor, usually they, they, they end up getting faster because they, you know, they learn faster. They they Because you always focus on jiu-jitsu. So if you focus on jiu-jitsu 24 hours a day, you're going to get better. Yeah. Then the guy that just focuses every once in a while, but we have to also have to keep your eye on those guys too. The, the the guys that come like you know as a hobby because they start getting better too, and they also improve. They probably won't achieve the same level, you know, as the competitor guy, but they're still gonna be. They still can make him into or her into a great uh, black belt, yeah. you know, with a lot of knowledge that can pass the knowledge to other people as well. Yeah, and, and that's that's pretty interesting you bring that up because that is true. You have the people that want to compete and that are here 24-7, that are nonstop. And then you have the people that do it as a hobby or they just want to learn self-defense. Yes. So, like you said, did it? Take you a while to realize that, or were you catching that early on when you started instructing? Well, I've been instructing from since like '93. Um, oh, you know, because I started as a purple belt. I was teaching like the the privately. No, I teach a group of people in the morning. That was this okay. class that was like six in the morning. No one wants to teach, <laughs> and then my my instructor said, oh, "You want to teach?" I said, yeah, yeah I teach six in the morning. I don't care. <laughs> you know, so it was my class, my first group. Uh, and then I kept on going from there. I never stopped. Um, yeah, so I, cons- I might say, yeah, it took me a while, but mm-hmm. I ha- I'm already thinking the way I'm saying right now for the last at least maybe uh, almost 20 years, you know. So yeah. it changed. At one point, it changed. Um, but... You know, it wasn't right away. Right away, I, I was making, like, just considering, like, oh, this guy's tough. This guy, guy's not so tough. So this guy got to wait and this guy go, you know? Yeah. But I started realizing that people are different. They have different reasons. And then what I think, what I, what I thought at the time, that wasn't as tough. But if you put that guy with somebody that doesn't know anything, that, you know, this uh, average Joe guy, then that guy would be super tough. Yeah. We just got us comparing him with one another breed of person that there was, you know, on a high, different level, mm-hmm. you know, like any, any sports too. Like the guys are pros and the guys are amateurs, but I'm a, there are a lot of really good amateurs out there, but they're not the level of the pros. Right? Yeah. The pros are pros. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the pros are pros. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you started competing when you say you were a blue belt and you, you said you lost your first match and then you won your other, your other two. Did, did that loss motivate you or did you just like, I, I'm not going to lose this again? Well, no, actually it started as a yellow belt. No, oh, okay. uh, actually it started as a white belt. Oh, uh, I competed the uh, first time as a white belt. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I, I, I don't know if I bring one on loss, but, uh, but I had a good time. I think, I think I did good, but I didn't win, you know? Yeah. 
and then uh, I got my yellow belt, and then uh, I fought a tournament. It was it was a cool tournament. I, even a friend of mine that passed away, High and Gracie, was in the tournament. And he was the guy oh. that's supposed to win. Yeah. And so, but so I fought a division there that wasn't his. So, and I lost the division. Uh, and then I fought the open. They had an open for yellow belts. He was there, but he ended up losing to the guy that we, I fought the final. <laughs> and then I ended up winning. You know, it was a little trophy, so I was like super happy about it. Uh, so I thought I was like, man, I'm like, I'm, I think I'm good at this. And then I competed another one. I won. And then the third tournament as a yellow belt, uh, I got caught in the triangle in the first fight, and uh, I went to sleep because I didn't tap. <laughs> And uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember um, Grandmaster Car- uh, Carson Gracie, that also later Carson Gracie. Yeah. Uh, he was a referee, and then he was like, Son, uh, what's your name? I'm like, oh, My name is Paulo. Uh, what day is today? Oh, this is in my mind. I was like, Why is he asking me those questions? Huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you asking questions in the middle of the, like, the end of the match? You know, and then I realized that uh, I've I went to sleep, so he was just checking if I was okay. <laughs> yeah, checking. Uh, so, well, yeah, but uh, after the loss, I was, I was, you know, I was okay. I thought, okay, that was like a, gave me more motivation to keep going for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just winning or losing, I was, um, you know, going. But one other thing that helped me too was my, my instructor, uh, George, um, because... He did not give me a chance to say no. Oh, okay. He used to sign me up for tournaments. <laughs> and it was a time that I really didn't want to compete. Like when I, when I got a blue belt and I won a couple of one of those tournaments, mm-hmm. you know, and like, man, and then I lost one. I lost one and the guy uh, tapped me out. And after that one, I was really, dis- I didn't have the motivation and then I didn't want to compete, but I kept on training, kept doing what I was doing. And he just signed me up for the tournaments, and then I and then I went there, and then I had to do well. I was like, I have to perform. And it was funny too that he he uh, when you win, you come back the next day, and he's like, oh, blah blah blah, Paul, Paul. <laughs> and if you don't win, uh, they, he didn't even look at you, you know. <laughs> and I was like, on the school, like you were you you weren't there. So Ooh. somehow uh, that helped me too because I didn't want to be the person that you know that he wasn't looking at and he wasn't talking about you know yeah. I want to be the one that like you know get in school and it was all you know happy and yeah so that forced me to push myself a lot uh, I don't know if he planned to do that but that's what <laughs> that was like the the byproduct of you know doing what he was doing yeah know? oh man so let let's go back to um. You are competing in no gi, and to the people that don't know, obviously a gi is the uniform that you have in no gi. You just wear you can wear a rash guard, right? Rash mm-hmm. guard and uh, rash guard and, and shorts. Yeah. Shorts, yeah. So, how were you already training in no gi in Brazil, or did that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, remember, I told you that we always uh, train a lot of self defense. Yes. A lot of the self-defense training um, we did with gi pants, okay. no shirt. Oh, okay. And you know, got to the point that we we're doing with just uh, 
speedos, right? <laughs> they want you Americans yeah. think like, you know, yeah. in Brazil, you know, you know, if you see the first uh, uh, MMAs or, or no holes barred, you know, yeah. people train, come, you know, all the Brazilians come with their speedo <laughs> to, to fight, right? Yeah. So we got to the point that the speedo would be the best way because there's no grip. Yeah. You cannot grab anything. So it's just that. No rash guard, no shorts, just speedo. So I trained a lot like that. Uh, when I got to the United States, then I put my first like uh, rash guard and, uh, and it was 2020. No, 2000. Sorry. Yeah. That was 2010. Last year. <laughs> 2000. Uh, in the year 2000. Uh, that's when I, I put a shirt first time. And then I trained the shirt and shorts. And then, you know, and back then it didn't, people didn't use, even here in the United States, we were not using a lot of rush guards. And then the rush okay. guards start coming uh, with time. Yeah. Okay. I think like a little bit later than that. And then, you know, and then today I think, oh man, it's much better with rush guard and shorts. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for the purpose of training, the way we were training was, was so slippery. It was like, uh, it's completely different, you know? Yeah. So we were training with the, worst conditions that we can train you know like a guy that mm -hmm. barely wearing nothing if you take the speeder away the guy was naked right yeah. uh so that was you know i grew up and so i think that you know doing this my whole life um helped me a lot with my uh nogi yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's funny you you said the worst conditions and rio de janeiro is is it a hot place so I can only imagine your training coming up in your training in the studio or in the academy. How yes. was that? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Imagine like <laughs> we're all sweaty, really sweaty. So like sometimes it's just like uh, slipping on the mat. Like you want to put weight on the guy, push the guy forward. The guy just keeps slipping all the way to the wall. You know, uh, you take down sometimes like, you know, like, was hard because like you have to keep your balance at the same time when people start getting sweaty. So yeah, yeah it's a very sweaty environment for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm in California, which is like <laughs> a dry place now. And yeah. I don't miss the sweating at all. And I mean, it's sometimes it's just for fun. Cause I mean, Colin, you know, my instructor, he, he, he did this very rarely, but he's like, you guys are going to see how I used to train. He, I remember one time he cranked up the heat and this is how I used to train him. And yes, we were all sweaty. Now, what I'm trying to say is, do you do that sometimes with your students? Like, oh, this is what I used to train like. I mean, granted, you know, now. I used to, yeah. I used to, um, I had done, I done it before. Well, the, the place that we don't know this, this school right now, yeah. but my school before that, uh, here in San Clemente, California, uh, was, uh, the place that, during the winter, the sun barely hits there, so it was cold. But during the summer, uh, the the sun was on the window the whole time, and oh. the place wasn't very large, so the place was all windows, right? <laughs> so we didn't have AC. The place didn't have AC. Uh, it was like an old building, and uh, the AC was like those ACs that you put on the wall in the hall. Yeah. And we had like three that we turn it on, we can barely feel them. <laughs> so. Uh, so that was, that was, that was tough. That was tough. Like I eventually put a fan, I eventually expanded the place. So the place had two doors now. So one door, one way, and, yeah. and then the air circulated a little bit more. 
And I remember like me and all the students, like we finish the training, we run to the fan and just like stay there. <laughs> so they got, they got uh, that for sure. Yeah. The, the guys at my black belts today, now here we have AC, you know, come <laughs> nice. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. So they've been spoiled. Yeah, they've definitely been spoiled. So, um, I mean, I, as I'm looking here, Pan American Championship, you, that's one of the biggest tournaments in jiu-jitsu. Yes, the, uh, the second one. The second, okay. Yeah. Which was the first one, I mean? The World Championship. Oh, the World Championship. Okay, and you, of course, won that. How was, I mean, and this is to everyone that's listening, being nervous and having butterflies in your stomach it's normal right i'm pretty sure sure yeah. yes yes yeah you, what, what i learned is this we can't get away of the butterflies but we can't make them fly in formation right? oh okay so we can control the way they fly into our stomach right yeah but never get away of them no that's for sure we can't um yeah like many many years of tournaments are still feel uh butterflies every time i'm gonna go i feel like my stomach and then you know and then i'm but once a step i know one thing i know for sure is this once a step on the mat to compete is gone i don't feel that anymore oh yeah so that's yeah. something that um you know that the experience gave me today is that i know that Whatever nervous I'm feeling, I, that's going to go away in the moment the referees say combat, which is go, right? Yeah. And then I'm going to go. And then at that point, I'm only going to see that guy in front of me. I'm not going to see anything else. I'm not going to listen to anything else. It's just going to be me and that guy. So that helped me, uh, today to, to understand that, okay, everything that's happening now is going to go away at that point. And then once I get to that point, now I have to perform at the best of my abilities. Yeah. And, while you're competing, did you have, as we like to say, and this is in a friendly manner, a nemesis, like a person that you always went up against and he, he probably won some and you probably won some. Do you had anybody like that? Yeah, I grew up, uh, there are two guys. One was Ryan. Uh, well, we say hi and Grace in Brazil. Um, he was, you know, at what time, for, for a long period of time, he, you know, he was, he was my best friend. We used to go together to the tournaments and, and uh, we got like a, I got two. He got one. Uh, and the other one, like at the beginning, was Muzio De Angelis. You know, he's today's. Uh, he doesn't compete anymore. He's more like a referee. Oh, okay. And we fought like a lot of times. And uh, he was the guy that beat me at my first blue belt. Oh, you know. So he beat me at my first blue belt tournament. And he, when he beat me there, he was gonna. He was moving to the purple. So he was always a little bit ahead of me. So, oh, okay. but I always catch him for a little bit in a certain belt. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the blue, he beat me and then he laughed to the purple. So I had my whole thing on the, on the blue belt without him. But when I got to the purple belt, he, you know, if have many fights, so I, you know, I ended up getting him back. I think, I don't think I'll ever lost for him on the purple belt. So we had like three, at least two or three matches. And then we fought on the brown belt, went to the final nationals finals and he beat me by referee decision. Um, and then my f my first black belt tournament, he was there too, and I beat oh. him back. Oh. And so I have a lot of stuff. And I beat him back a couple more times in black belt. I never, I don't think I've, I never lost for him in the black belt. But uh, it was back and forth, and uh, and it was funny. Like we have a couple couple of things. That's one that I 
and that, that people make fun of him. Sorry, Moose, if you listen to this, but uh, because we was in the Nationals, nineteen ninety eight, and that was a semifinal, and you know I felt that day that he was stronger than me. You know I felt, man, today Moose is ready. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's like. I was trying to fight him on my feet because I was good in judo, but he was good in judo as well. And I just felt his his energy, you know, like his, yeah. he was like more prepared physically than I was. And and so we would drag the fight was kind of like not not a cool fight, you know, like you now stand up sometimes go to the ground, we stand up quick, yeah. pushing each other off the mat, you know, because back in the days I don't know today it changed a little bit, but yeah. if the guy push you off all the way off the mat, you know, allow that to happen. Yeah. The one that got pushed you know, lose an advantage. Oh, okay. You yeah. know, so the guy could just basically win you by just pushing off the mat. Whoa. So he was like pushing off the mat and I couldn't <laughs> even stop it. And then on the very end, he took me down like a beautiful takedown. And that was 10 seconds. And I remember high and grace was there sitting there next to me, like the like sitting on the mat there. Yeah. And then when he took me down, he looked to the crowd and raised his arm like, no, that's it. I got him. Yeah. And High and Grace looked at me and said, go for the arm. Oh. And then I, boom, got his arm in five seconds. Man. In five? <laughs> five seconds. I got his arm. He tapped. It was over. Oh. The time was over. That and then, is... you know, that was like uh, something that nobody ever forget because yeah. uh, that was the first time it happened to me that I won that way, but I actually won that way afterwards. Uh, another time that was losing and I won like the 10 or a couple of seconds, you know? And so, yeah. <laughs> but that must have felt, I mean, that must have felt great for you. I mean, yes. that, that, for like, me, it felt great. Yeah. Like, uh, cause first was him. Yeah. Right? And I thought, okay, I'm going to put more energy because this I don't want to lose to him, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then he was already celebrating, you know? And then, uh, and that makes me even more angry, right? Because, like, he was celebrating the fights through there. Yeah. And I'm glad that uh, Hiram was there because at the time, I was like, like you know, was like, couldn't see clearly, you know? And all I needed is, like, a voice that told me what to do. Yeah. So when he said the arm, I saw the arm, you know? And then arm bar was always one of my... Uh, expertise, something that I've always d- been doing well my whole life. And I said, man, that's it. They're going to get it. They're going to just pull this thing as hard <laughs> as they can. You know, and then I got the same same movement that he went the hand up, he went the hand down. Yeah. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it all happened in a matter of seconds. Exactly. In seconds. It was basically oh. 10 seconds. I remember like, boom, because, you know, he celebrated because it's over. Pretty yeah. much was over. 10 seconds. Like, if he, if he just didn't do anything, he would have won. Yeah. You know, but... Yeah. So, yeah. I, I hope the people that were watching that match got a good lesson and don't celebrate too early. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny because I've seen other, uh, other times uh, the, the same thing happens to uh, other people, happening to other people, you know, like guys that was like cele- good guys, like celebrating yeah. another guy go and then win the fight right after the guy celebrated. Like, oh, look at that, you know? So the last is don't celebrate until it's over. <laughs> so was every tournament for you the same? Do you have the same people? Because it's a process of elimination, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you go up against one, he get, the person gets eliminated, and you move on to the next round. Yes. Was there always the same amount of people, or do you have different amount of people every time? Oh, the uh, would be fights? Well, it depends. It depends on the, the tournament, but usually... It takes no, no, like four 
to six to seven, four to seven fights to get to the n never last in four um, on my weight break. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, in the seven because now they have different brackets. Mm -hmm. So they don't put everybody in one bracket. So they kind of have micro tournaments within the same division, right? So they yeah. have the winner of this bracket, the winner of this bracket, the winner. They all fight against each other there. It doesn't matter how many they have. They put a bunch of here, a bunch of there, a bunch of there. And then the winners of each bracket, then they make either the quarterfinals or, you know, usually quarterfinals. Yeah. You know, or, or, you know, so they put them together and then go from there. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, so it takes a couple, couple, couple fights, uh, but sometimes it, take, it takes more. You know, the more the merrier. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> and that's how you get better. The more, for the, sure, yeah, the for more sure. the better. So, any match that it could be tournament or just rolling around with someone, have you ever felt you were in in danger? But in a sense, like, oh, I'm I'm about to tap, but you were able to get away from it. Oh yeah, many times. Yeah, many times. <laughs> I train of the best of the best. I train of uh, Saul Ribeiro multiple times world champion. Shandy uh, Ribeiro multiple times world champion. Rafael Lovato multiple uh, maybe I think it's one time champion, but multiple time, times champion. Everything Bellator champion. Yeah, uh, and you name it more like a lot more people than that. Um, and it's funny because, you know, when I was training, uh, I trained those guys, usually I'm the, the, the older and the smaller. Uh, so there's a lot of punishment, you know, <laughs> I go through like, you know, being smashed a lot. And then, but, um, uh, that gave me, you know, everybody that I train with, you know, that training good guys like John Jacques Machado too, is another guy that yeah. I trained and, uh, beat me up a lot and then taught me a lot of, uh, good defenses um, so training those guys, you know, makes your defense improve. So I escaped from many times. Another day I was telling my student, one of Shanji, that I was training with him and he you know, some, got my back and then he had this grip, the lapel grip around my neck. I don't know what he was doing, but I was like in that situation and, and trying to figure it out how to untangle that thing that was moving around and moving around. But I was, my mind was very calm. Yeah. Even though I was going through that thing, and but I was like, I, I move one side, move the other side, and he switch, he switch, we switch, and then all of a sudden, I uh, sudden I moved to the right side, there was some side that, that just opened up everything, like I got out, and then and the feeling I had was like the sky just opened for me. <laughs> I was like, I'm out, I can't believe it, you know, because like in the, at the end of the train, my neck had like this bruise of the, his grip that was going through Whoa. my neck all the way to my chest. That's uh, how hard he was, like trying to tap me out, you know. Whoa. And that day, I remember until this very day, uh, because, you know, it was like one that I, I struggled. It wasn't like an easy one. I had to move many different directions to find out. But but when I escaped, it was an effortless escape. You know, yeah. it was a position that just moved to one side. That thing just moved away. That thing just untangled completely. And uh, so it was a great feeling uh, doing that. It was awesome. Yeah. And I mean, because, I mean, obviously, what Jiu-Jitsu has been teaching us, my, obviously, like a karate background, when we fight, I'm more of a quick thinker. But in Jiu-Jitsu, it's more like, no, settle down calm down you're not in imminent danger yet 
Yes. So just relax and think, what could you do? And of course, I mean, I'm getting choked out. I'm getting armored. But that's what I love, that you could just relax, breathe, think, how could you get away from this? Yes. So, I mean, what you just said right now, like you saw the whole sky open, you're like, oh. Yeah. And what you just said, you relaxed and you're like, okay, what can I do to get out of this? Yes. The, the best solutions will only come when your mind is calm. You know, like when you like, uh, every time I try to do something when I'm under pressure, nervous, uh, it doesn't come the same way. When, when I, you know, I just focus on my breathing and, you know, and try to relax under the pressure is usually when you see more, you know, clearly the, the escapes. Oh, that's the escape I'm looking for. You know, sometimes the, the, the you don't even know exactly how you find out the answer. Sometimes you never learn. Sometimes you just like make a motion that at the time, like you put all together. So oh, we're moving this way. That's how I'm going to untangle this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and even got the point that sometimes the things move in slow motion, which is funny. Uh, I remember one time, like, uh, this student of mine was like big guy, 240 pounds. Oh. And I'm 170 pounds. Oh my goodness. Black belt too. And he never tapped me, but he like he you know he, he always tried hard to. Yeah. And he got one hand on my collar and he spun like a loop choke on me. And I was like, man, this thing is like choking me. But he only had one hand, and then well, he's turning around like in the position. And and then like that day, it was like I was like, I, I I don't know if I'm gonna tap. I'm not gonna tap. I'm not gonna have to find a way out. So all of a sudden, boom, like everything got quiet. And then just this peace coming in my mind, and then I, and then I start to see the escape, and then I go, oh, and I'm moving it, I'm out. Oh, but I was under pressure. The whole thing, <laughs> my back was like just the his big hand grabbing one collar was like. Yeah. I was thinking about that, and the only reason I did not tap first because I felt that he didn't have the complete position in my mind. I said, I'm not going to tap for an incomplete position. That's not going to happen. Yeah. And then the second was like, okay, I have to get out of this thing. How am I going to get out? You know? Yeah, but see, that, that's the thing about, and what we're talking about, just coming up the ranks. You saw he wasn't in a complete position, but anyone else, they would have, because the panic kicks oh, in, would tap. and then they would have tapped. Yeah, yeah. I would say 99% of the people would tap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not 99% of the good black belts, but 99% of the people. Yeah. You know? yes. Yeah. So... You seen armbar is your expertise that you love the armbar. Is there any other submission that you that you like to do? Yeah, no, I love armbars, but uh, today I'm more into choking people from the mouth. <laughs> from and, the uh, mouth? Yeah, from the mouth. Yeah, it's it, my it's my TKO. favorite position. No, 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 uh -huh. no, choke. Just just choke, plain choke. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Sometimes people, don't, how can you choke people from the mouth? Mouth. Yeah. Well. Um, and oh, sorry to disrupt you, but for people that don't know the mount, the person is on top of you. Yeah. They're on top of you. So that's a very hard way to get. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm, uh, I'm mounting them. Yeah. That, yeah okay. Yeah. You're mounting I'm on the, them. I'm, I'm on top. I'm on top. Yeah. 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 So and yeah. that's a very hard position to get a choke. And that's why, that's why when you said choking from the mount, that's why I was like, the mount. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. Keep going. No, well, the mount, like, can be if you don't know what to do, it can be hard, right? Yeah. But if you're on top, you have the advantage of having the the weight, mm -hmm. right? And now, now with experience, I realize that 
the 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 choke is more like a weight distribution than actually the choke. So that, that's what one thing that I learned. I learned how to choke people with my weight, and also if you choke properly with your weight, you also use the choke to hold position to keep your control. Yeah. So okay. there's a couple of things going on over there. Yeah. Hard to explain you in the interview. Yeah. yeah no, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it became a good because of that whole, you know, the whole thing that everything that's involved. Like, it's, it's not only just go there and put my weight and choke. No, there's a lot of stuff going on there mm. that makes the position very technical and not a lot of people that can do that. So that's uh, something that, well, they can do that well. A lot of people can do it, but, you know, most people escape. They bridge, they do a couple of things. They, just, you know, so. You gotta yeah. train that a lot and understand all the, the, you know, the, the, the ways of doing that can go wrong and go right. So we'll be able to do it right. Oh man, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Now, your, your book, uh, Mastering the 21 Immutable Principles of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. How did that come about? Um, came about first, um, uh, I had a mentor that, he said, Paul, I've got to write a book. All right. So that came first. That was the first thing. So write a book, you know, and then put it over there. You can give the book away to some people or you can sell it, whatever. So the idea of the book was planted in my mind. And then I said, okay, what kind of book are you going to write? So I was teaching, I always taught a lot of uh, privates. And... You know, and then during the privacy, you talk, you talk to, to, to the students, you know, and then they ask you questions. And, and I started seeing like a couple of things that I was, uh, uh, I was telling them about principles. They were like, Oh, wow. And they're making a lot of sense. And it was like a lot of analogies I was using, you know. So I think, okay, maybe that's the book right there. So what I did is every time after my private, that I come up with something during the private, I would go home or, or even immediately to the office of, of the dojo's office and write it down, the, the, the core idea. Yeah. Then I would, you know, develop more and write more about it when I get home. And I was doing that. And then, so I think, okay, now I'm going to write about principles and concepts of Jesus because, you know, there's also a lot of books of techniques over there. Yeah. Right. And personally, like books of techniques, you, you can't, you can get an idea of the technique, mm -hmm. but you can't get the whole technique. Like I, I've been in a lot of books. I've read a lot of books of jujitsu techniques and, you know, there's something missing because you need to see that you know, on a video or as a guy explaining the details. And you know, of course, even, yeah. even better if you see the person doing it on you, on you. Right. Yeah. But so the book would be the, the, out of all the things that for teaching you is the, the worst. It's still better than nothing, right? Like yeah. if you have nothing, got a book, you can get great ideas from it, can get, can get your mind going. But to get the technique 100%, um, I think the book doesn't, doesn't do that for you. So I think, okay, I'm not going to do that for other people. I'm going to just teach them, you know, principles of jiu-jitsu. You know, there are things over there that people don't see, like, that you can do that. And then ideas that I learned with, you know, hanging out with all those great guys, you know. And a lot of them, a lot of them came from date saying the idea. And then I just keeping that in my mind. Some of them, I don't even know I came up with it or date said it. And I just kept it in my mind. And then I thought I came up with it, right? 
Um, but yeah, so I then just start writing about principles. And then the 21 principles was because I was like going and going and going and going and going. And then all of a sudden I stopped at 21. I said, okay, I guess I got two, I got a, a good number, right? <laughs> and it was a good number too, 21. I like the 21. Yeah. It was an odd number. Uh, later down the road, I could have the 22nd, the 23rd, the 24th. But, you know, uh, at one point you got to just say, okay, enough is enough. I got to get done because it took me in the beginning, it took, I was dragging like a year, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the beginning was in a year. Yeah. And, you know, uh, English is my second language, right? Yeah. So I was writing and I have um, one of my students like reviewing and then editing as I, as I was writing. But then the guy sometimes, you know, I wasn't paying for that. He was doing that, you know, uh, just because, you know, he wanted to help. So a lot of times um, uh, he kind of delayed. You know, giving me back, and so I would kind of try to relax, you know, and okay, now he's delaying. So, but and one day I said, "Man, I gotta get this done." And then I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this done in three months." And then I got it done in three months. You, yeah. Wow. And the moment that I put the three months mark, and I said, "Enough is enough," and that, that's when I stopped with the twenty-first because I, I said, "Okay, let's stop here because I said three months, and I have to just put this book, throw this book there, and see what happens." Yeah. Know? And. Since then, it's been selling very well. Um, every month, I sell a bunch uh, consistently since like 2015. And I oh, wow. uh, got a great reviews. Of course, there's always some haters over there. That like <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's okay. Let the hater hate. The yeah. haters hate, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I can't wait to read it. How could people get a hold of your book? Oh, Amazon. Right now Amazon. on Amazon, yeah. That's only on Amazon. Actually, Amazon is the one that's publishing the book for me. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get the book, Amazon. And that's, again, the tw Mastering the 21 Immutable Principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yes. By Paulo Guillaume. Yes. <laughs> it's funny because we were just talking about your last name, you know. Uh -huh. and, and you said it's French? Yes. I believe. So, yeah. So, a lot of people... <laughs> including yeah. myself it's just <laughs> yeah there's many ways of saying my name yeah you know the if you write read it there's gilobo gilobel <laughs> uh guillobel guillobel yeah. uh, in brazil we, we, we call guillobel but that's not yeah. even how we say in brazil like if you read it so yeah. um so as long as not Gilobo, anything else is okay. <laughs> yeah, so Gilobel is fine. Like Guillotine, Gilobel, yeah, I like that. Guillotine, So maybe you should make that your submission, your next submission. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I thought about it. <laughs> they call you Gilobo, just get him the Guillotine. Guillotine, man. Guillobel. <laughs> so you you're currently located in San Clemente, San Clemente. Yes. And you were just telling me you're you want to move to a bigger space because. I mean, thankfully, we're seeing the light at the end of this tunnel, which is COVID, and mm -hmm. you're you're having a. I mean, you're getting a good amount of students, you know. Uh -huh. And I'm 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 glad, you know. And hopefully, you're. Have you found some places to? No, man. Uh, no. Actually, um, is amazing that there's nothing out there for oh. what I'm looking for. Yeah, there's a lot of retail places out, mm -hmm. uh, but when it comes to industrial. Uh, which that's the one I'm looking for because I'm looking for a bigger warehouse, which is like completely, uh, something completely, uh, is a complete surprise, right? Because mm -hmm. 
I was thinking, okay, COVID, people are going to you know, stop, you know, some businesses are going to close and then there are going to be more places out there. Yeah. But it turned out to be the opposite now. Actually, every place I find is always one per month. And then the guy, like, because it's only one, yeah. the landlords are trying to like, no, I don't want to give you any deals and all that. So, okay, well, so, and then I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out right yeah. now, but right now I'm just being patient, um, you know. It's, you know, eventually it's gonna, one place is gonna just show up and <laughs> hopefully it's gonna be the place that we need. You know, I believe that if you wait patiently, but keep looking every day and we will find something that works for me for sure. Yeah, that, that will be for sure. Well, you'll find something. And how long have you been teaching here in San Clemente? Since, uh, 2005. 2005. Yes. Oh, wow. And you were previously at, I was teaching for the Machados. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I started, I was teaching uh, Torrance, the Machado. They had like a Redondo Torrance. It was like in between, uh, the school was right, like in the middle between one one side of the other. Mm. I think it was, yeah, it was in Torrance, yes. Um, then, uh, then I thought I would be in San Pedro. Oh. So, yeah, I opened a Machado over there. Yeah. And then they... They, the, the landlord wanted to demolish the place. Oh. And then I said, okay, so I'm going to look for another place because I want to, and I want to move more down south. Oh, okay. And I, I love San Clemente. Uh, I was coming over here to surf. So I said, okay, I'm going to, you know, see what's going on over there. And then, mm-hmm. I, and then I moved down here. And you've been here since 2005, right? 2005, yeah. 2005. April 2005. That's when I got here. And where are you, what, where are you currently? Or you're currently located in Sacramento. What's the address here, just in case people want to? He is six two one six two one North El Camino Real, San Clemente, California. There we go. Oh man! So, is surfing your favorite hobby to do? Oh yeah, definitely. How long have you been doing that? Well, on and off since I was like fifteen. Oh. Okay. Um, but a lot of offs, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Uh, when I was a teenager, my focus was 100% jiu-jitsu. So, oh, okay. So every time I was surfing, uh, I thought that, I, okay, I should be training. So <laughs> I was really like training three times a day back then. Yeah. So there was not a lot of time for surfing. So surfing was just, you know, sometimes going into vac- in, in vacations. And then, and since I wasn't putting too much time in my surfing, you know, my surfing wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> uh, so... You know, so I was like, okay, if it's going nowhere, and then let's do this every once in a while. But you know, as I grew older and uh, started having a little more time, and decided to to just do it more, you know. And today I'm not doing as much as I want, but um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I take a couple of weeks and do it, and sometimes I take trips. But I love it. Yeah. Where have you? Uh- or where's your favorite place to surf? Like, where have you been? You said, oh, I love this place. This is a good spot. <laughs> I love Lowest. Lower, lowest Trestles. It's right here. It's local. Um, yeah. yeah, it's one of the best places in the world, for sure. Um, very crowded now. Very oh. crowded. Like, uh, <laughs> it was always crowded, but now it's super crowded. And so now I'm not going there very often. Uh, I'm going to other places around here in, in the town. Uh, and sometimes I go there, uh, when I want to surf less waves or more quality waves because oh, okay. 
you know, you're competing sometimes with 60 to 70 to 80 people in the water for one wow. wave. And a lot of them are, a lot of them are pros. You know? <laughs> so it's good to watch people surf. Cause yeah. like, if you go there, you're going to see the best of the best surfing. And, uh, you know, I like that. I like, cause sometimes, you know, by watching some other, some other person doing uh, something, you know, well in front of you, like, you know, it makes you better. Yeah. Uh, not only surfing, but martial arts as well. Uh, I've done a lot of watching in martial arts and I learned a lot of through watching people, uh, training and doing things. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. And, you know, as you said, watching and that's how sometimes you, when you're watching, that's how you learn because you pick up things in that. Um, I want to get back to a person that walks in your studio, wants to learn jujitsu. However, they're claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. And any person that's claustrophobic, I tell them, jiu-jitsu, go to jiu-jitsu. How do you, how do you start them off? I mean, so let's say somebody's listening right now. They're like, I want to try jiu-jitsu, but I'm a little claustrophobic. How do you go about that? Well, if you tell me, you, you know, you have that, mm-hmm. um, we're going to have to, um, start you like slowly. Like we have a beginner's class that's already like a slower pace. But in that case, I will, I would, um, you know, if I'm the instructor, I would just start them by learning techniques and maybe staying on top a little bit, yeah. uh, doing some drills. And when you do drills, you do bottom and top. So some drills are going to be in a position, get feedback from them, say how they feel. Um, but little by little, you know, like get, getting more, uh, give them more confidence so that they can keep going, going, right? Cause, mm-hmm. The thing is, confidence has to be built, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. if the person gets like scared, right? Or he got scared and then never, never want to come back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got to avoid, cause you know, you know that, you know, we, that Jujitsu can actually help that person. Mm-hmm. I have a funny story about that. <clears throat> I trained, uh, one of my training partners and became also my partner when I was teaching classes. Uh, Tata, he was 170 kilos. So it's like 360 plus. Whoa. So he was my training partner. He was always one belt uh, below me, but, uh, he, I think he became national champion. I don't think he won a world championship, but he was a guy that used to win a lot yeah. because, you know, he was the biggest guy. Yeah. We grew up. He was always the biggest guy. So uh, a lot of times, like, uh, I had to, like he put me in like, you know, for some side control and put all his belly on my face. Ooh. And I remember like, man, that, that was feeling a little bit like claustroph- claustrophobic. Yeah. Right? And that helped me be going with him. And then I remember, um, I don't remember exactly who gave me this. Um, I don't know if it was, well, I know John Jack did that to me too, but somebody before <laughs> that, somebody said, you know what you do? After training, after training, you've trained a lot, you're really tired. Get your gi and put it in the face and lay down with your gi in the face. Oh. Yeah. And that's one of the worst feelings you're going to feel. I got to the point that I had to pray when I was doing that <laughs> to take my mind out of the, the situation. Yeah. But that thing kind of healed me. Like it, it put me in a position that today 
like I can be, you know, thrown into the back of the trunk in the car, you know, yeah, like yeah. smashed with another <laughs> three guys, you know, in the dark, they would be fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> because, you know, like, and then, then by doing that, like every time he put the weight on me, I, I found my way to breathe around, around the weight, like turning my head to the side, breathing like I'm breathing through a straw, you know. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> so they help me so I can tell they can help anyone but you got the person has to be willing to to get over it right yeah and, and it, I guess it boils down to like you said you got to know who your competitors are and who's here as a hobby to learn self-defense yeah so and the only the only reason that I brought that up because I've had students like you said you have to build the confidence I had a We, we had a student, I should say. His brother was in class. And every time I said, when are you going to join in? And he was like, no, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Okay. In every class, when are you going to come try a class? No, I don't want to. So I talked to the parents and I said, hey, uh, anything happened? So yeah, before he had a bad experience in the martial arts school. I guess something happened and he got taken down hard. I was like, oh. So slowly but surely, you know, and that was me every time. Look, come over here, sit down, look at your class. And the parents were willing. The parents stayed there an extra hour just so you could watch the class. And I told him, look, you see, it's not that bad. Yes. And one time he tried it and that's history. Right now he's one of the, one of the best students that we had because his confidence is just raised above and he's, he's, he's yeah. really good and very, Humble, very respectful. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Like, yeah. You see a person like that, that uh, all of a sudden they become confident and then completely different people. Uh, when you teach kids, that's one thing that happened yeah. a lot, right? Yeah. This, this kid was a kid, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, kids is when you see the biggest transformations. Like you look and then the kid that... You know, like completely like didn't want to come in, was crying, mm -hmm. you know, hiding behind the mom or the dad. All of a sudden, he's one of the best. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, man, I came from zero to a hundred. Yeah. That's amazing. Sometimes I actually, I remind the parents that because sometimes they forget. Yeah. Right. Like the, they forget the kid. The one time the kid was, their kid was just like that, like very shy. Because now it's so much different. Oh, yeah. Now they're like so much more confident. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. That's one of my the things that we, I like the most about teaching martial arts. Yeah. And do you encourage, obviously right now, hopefully by the end of this year or starting next year, tournaments are back up. Do you encourage your students to the tournament? Uh, I do. I do encourage them. Um, I don't do like my instructor did to me, like force <laughs> them, uh, Even though, even though that, you know, maybe they would do better that way, right? Because, yeah. you know, our goal is also to provide them confidence, right? To make them come out of the, the shell, get out of their comfort zone, you know? So yeah. for that, sometimes we have to do some, some string things, right? Yeah. But today I don't do much. I let the, we, we, we let them choose. Um, we have a good number of kids, but usually it's always the minority of the school that wants to compete. Um, you know, usually not, it's like 20% to 10%, 15% and everybody else, like they don't. And it's okay. It's all right. Because, you know, not everybody likes to compete. You know, yeah. I was a competitor my whole life. Even when I didn't like to compete, I competed. <laughs> 
And I understand not liking to compete sometimes, you know. Uh, but I'm also, um, you know, happy in, you know, that, that I did. Like, uh, happy that I, I didn't uh, avoid it, right? I think that made my juice better and also made me better. So, yeah, but we, we don't only push them. Uh, don't push them, but we talk consistently, yeah. right? Like, uh, you know, class talks, we talk about the, the importance of, being brave and courage and, you know, getting out of uh, com your comfort zone and, you know, in tournaments is a great way to do that. Also, I talk about how the tournament improves, improves your, your jujitsu because, you know, it makes, because now you're focusing in jujitsu. So it's almost like a, a, a jump, like you, you jump over like in front of people that were like, you know, close to you technically because you decide to go to a tournament and they didn't, you know? So that's a, the, usually the competitor, usually most of the times you definitely learn more than the non-competitor or at least learn faster. Yeah. So, you know, we say that because a lot of people want to be better than somebody, right? Oh, yeah. And if that's something that can help them, if that's the tournament, so be it. So sometimes like, okay, so sign me up for that. Okay, yeah. okay cool. And also I talked about the importance of not, you know, giving your best, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, I, I, no, I don't, you know, it's not about uh, going to be like, oh, if you win and lose, like if it's about giving the best, right? So if they give if they give their best, uh, they did what they're supposed to do. Now they have to do is, you know, if they didn't win or anything, just getting, just to get their best to be better. Yeah. You know, like, uh, another day, uh, somebody, I heard this, uh, the most champions today that they, I, that basically the formula they use was just better plus better plus better plus better <laughs> plus better plus better equals best. Right. right? Yeah. So they didn't, uh, at first they, they just want to be better. I want to be better today than, to, than yesterday. I want to be better tomorrow. I want to be better. I want to be better. Yeah, so we're talking about tournaments and yeah. students and putting the students there. Um, and yeah, so we always tell the students about, um, you know, there's a formula to be the best, right? Yeah. Uh, and I learned that the day, you know, uh, I was reading the book, I forgot the name now. But anyways, the, the, the guy was mentioned that most champions they they think about getting better every day uh at first they don't think about oh i'm gonna be the best right like think okay how can i get better how can i get better today how can i get better tomorrow and then every day you come you know you're thinking about how you're gonna get better and you know also getting better doesn't mean only training jujitsu sometimes getting better means cross training doing, doing more doing mm -hmm. other stuff around but Still, the mentality is, okay, I want to get better and better and better. And the formula is pretty much better plus better plus better plus better plus better yeah. <laughs> equals the best. But sometimes it's also equal your best. So some people will not be a champion, you know, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, they don't train uh, enough. They don't have time. They have other things like jiu-jitsu is their hobby. To be you know, a, a true champion uh, in jujitsu world, you gotta you know gotta uh, live and breathe jujitsu. 
you know, and train a lot and do everything needs to be done because somebody else will be doing that. You know, if you're not doing it, you know, you're already behind. So, but, you know, if you get to your best, you know, because, you know, everybody can be their best. Uh, the point in, the point is, are they their best right now? Yeah. You know, and a lot of people that I talk to, sometimes they're like, oh, when I used to do this and used to do that. I don't think that way. I think I, I, I'm thinking I'm getting better every day. I think that today I'm better than I've ever been. I'm older, right? <laughs> but technically, and my knowledge is, you know, is, is the best ever, that I ever had. And because, I, you know, I also have this mentality to keep getting better better and better every day, you know, because maybe not to be the best anymore, but keep being my best. So that's yeah. something that we, I talk to my students a lot because, you know, they need to understand that, you know, that's how the how, how it goes. But if you don't even want to be the better today, how are we going to be the best one day? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And coming, I mean, talking about getting better and you said you got a CrossFit and all that, um, I'm just going to stick to jiu-jitsu. And I don't know if you guys use the same analogy over here, but I know with us, when we're sparring, I tell all the students, there's, and I've been taught this since I was coming up the ranks, three ways to get better. One, go with someone that's not as experienced as you. Two, go with someone that's, that's equally experienced as you. And three, somebody that's more experienced than you. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And... Only because, I mean, with the person that has experiences you, you could not in a sense have more fun, but you could, you're more confident in what you're doing. So you'll try new things or you'll try something. Somebody that's equal experience as you, they're going to challenge you and you guys can go back and forth, back and forth. And somebody that's more experienced than you, you're going to see your holes because mm -hmm. they're going to get you. They're going to see, you're going to see your openings and whatnot. So, I mean, I don't know if that's something you use something similar to your students or you don't. Well, I never, well, we do that, but because, you know, that's a fact. That's like a, almost like a law, right? Yeah. But I never, uh, never mentioned that way to them. I never talk like, hey, you got to do this and that. And we just... You know, as an instructor, I try to put them in those situations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're completely right. Yeah, I like that. I like the, <laughs> the, the to, to point it out that that's one way because you need them both. Them all. Sometimes, like people um, just don't want to train if the easy ones, mm -hmm. or sometimes they only want to train if the hard ones. Too, yeah. You know? And they never had a chance to like. Okay, now is my day to shine. Right. Like I don't yeah. have to. Like the private guy that we, we saw a couple yeah. of minutes ago. I was like, man, you got to train the group class because if you keep training the, the, the instructor, you're always going to lose. Or when you're yeah. winning, it's because the instructor is just letting you win. Yeah. You know? yeah. It doesn't feel the same, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe if the instructor, like, this guy is very well. Yeah. Like, oh, you got me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, most of the times, like, you know, it's, that's where it's happening. But, um you know, that's why you need to have a variety. And I agree. That's, that's a great. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could only imagine what it's like rolling with you. Cause I mean, I, you know, Evaldo, Evaldo Lima, when I roll with him, he's like, Oh, Jose, you're getting me. Oh, Jose. Oh, but <laughs> I could be trying to do something. He's having a conversation over here with someone else. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm getting like, he's submitting me over here. And I mean, yeah. I can't imagine it. 
it, it's all fun because it's all fun. I know, and I'm yeah. laughing. I'm the type that uh, I laugh if I'm getting if someone's getting me in a submission or something. I'm getting beat. I'm laughing because I'm having a good time. Yeah. So <laughs> Mr. Evaldo has always said, "Jose, stop laughing and take it serious." I am, yeah, but at the same time. That's my way to cope with things. That's my way to go. I'm comfortable and I need to be comfortable with this. But it's, yeah. it's just funny sometimes. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to do and not just laughing. You know, yeah. If you're yeah. like uh, putting some effort. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. no, it is. It is uh, fun. It's all game. Like when you play a game, sometimes you have to play defense. Yeah. You know, you don't always attack. Like let's play soccer. You know, yeah. I know I've never seen people playing soccer and just attack basketball, football. Any game, why yeah. why martial arts would be different, right? That, that is true. So you got to be ready to, to do both. The only problem is in martial arts when you're defending, usually it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not the same as like you know another sport. But, yeah. yeah. And talking about defense or offense, what's your favorite office position in offense, and what's your favorite position in defense? Well. I know um, I don't have a favorite position oh, okay. in defense because uh, for me it's like this: I have to have a core defense from one defense from every position. Yeah. Okay. So once I get those defenses, and then I, you know, I'm just gonna use them for the rest of my life until somebody figured out how to stop them. Um, so I like to do them all. Like I like to skip mouth, I like to skip back, I like to skip side control, and you do better, whatever, because those are the arm bars, triangles, whatever. Uh, that's all fun. I think it's fun to, you know, when you get in a, caught in a submission, which is not fun because you made a mistake, but once you get caught or something that you see yourself moving toward the position, you already put yourself in a situation that you're already ready to escape. And that becomes a game, the game that, you know, you also, I feel successful when I escape. For example, when I escaped that from uh, Shanji, I felt successful. I felt like, yeah. you know, I didn't win, but man, I, I did what I supposed to do at the moment. Yeah. So in the part of the attack, you know, um, well, I like to be on top more today, you know, since mm -hmm. I'm like uh, older. I like to use my weight, you know, on people instead of have their weight on me. Yeah. But I still do a lot of guard. Uh, today, I only train guard some couple of days. I take a couple of days a week. I train on the bottom. So a couple of days a week, I train on top. Um, but if I have to choose, I would be more on top, using my weight, wearing my partner out until I find a situation that I can tap them out. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing, I'm trying to be a little by little more precise. You know what I mean? Got to the point now that precision is my goal. Is don't waste too many positions, like you know. So I want to get to mount once, not ten times, or get to the back once, not oh. side control once. You know, yeah. get an arm bar submission attempt once. You know, uh, per match, like yeah. instead of waste here, waste there. But you know, of course, depending on how tough the guy is that you're going with, uh, that can be hard to to achieve. Yeah. No. And I mean, I I totally get that. And as far as um, it's it's interesting because I don't. And it's probably I've seen it. It's probably the same thing. You correct me if I'm wrong. When a new student comes in, you you don't have them. You have them roll, but 
you have them roll with someone that's more experienced because they they're trying to impress someone. They're trying to impress you, the instructor. So they might go a little bit more harder because they don't have that control just yet. They don't have the control of their body. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it in jiu-jitsu. I've seen it in, in karate. Mm-hmm. Sparring-wise, their nervousness kicks in. They're trying to impress you, and they throw a big swing. Mm-hmm. So you need somebody more experienced because they know how to get away from that. Mm-hmm. In jiu-jitsu, you have to be careful with taking somebody from the back. You don't roll back and their knees are on the ground because somebody does do that mm-hmm. and there goes their knees. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's... Have you ever... Like, do you do that? Do you put somebody more experienced with somebody that just comes in for the first time? Or is it yourself that you go and you tell them, all right, this is what we're going to do? Well, I, yeah, I don't teach beginners anymore. Oh, okay. Um, but my instructors here, we, we, you know, tell them the options are this. Get somebody better. Decide to, like you said, because the yeah. the white belt is the most dangerous guy on the mat. <laughs> yes, and not because he's gonna tap people off, but he's gonna hurt everybody. Yeah, and if the person is strong physically, and then even more dangerous. Yeah, uh, and we put two two of those together, and they don't know what to do. That's like yes. a, the recipe for disaster. Uh, so yeah, so we do that or we isolate the situation, you know, with very limited situation. Like, okay, from here, the, the, the training is you can only do this and this and that. Yeah. And then you can put them together, even, even though there's still a chance to, uh, them to do something crazy. But we just like bringing that chance down. Because a lot of times the white belt class, we don't have a lot of high ranks around there. We have yeah. some, we have some every day, uh, but not to go with every white belt, you know? So, yeah. so, uh, we have to limit the class. Like, okay, so you start cycle, you start on the mount, right? So, yeah. Okay. So the mount, so there's a guy on the bottom, there's a guy on top. So we teach him some techniques and go from there. Keep an eye on them, you know, and then switch, they go, the other guy or start with this position here and, you know, and something that, minimize the the doing everything because the problem where they do everything and they don't know what to do they they, they do something uh very unexpected and crazy and usually their body doesn't even know what they're doing and their body mm-hmm. just you know you know somebody's body is gonna, gonna <laughs> something's gonna happen because like hey dude what's going on i'm not supposed to turn that way <laughs> the body tells you that like yeah hey, you're not supposed to turn that well, your knee doesn't turn that much yeah or you know and the other guys are training them sometimes like you know my elbows that go that can hit somebody or foot in the face and stuff like that so yeah we definitely have to do something for them and uh always control and until they come down and, you know, yeah. a couple months in, and then they'll be able to do more stuff. Yeah. The, the, the first thing I tell all my white belts, I'm going to need you to breathe today. Breathe. Oh, yeah. Just breathe. And they tell me why. You, you just breathe. Trust me. Just breathe. And sure enough, I mean, like you said, I give them, I start them off with something. But you have your open mat where they come in. Mm-hmm. So that's, and we sometimes, okay, we're going to spar now. We're going to go, you know, find a partner and spar. Mm-hmm. And that's when I go up to them and I say, I'm going to need you to breathe. Because mm-hmm. if not this person that I'm putting in front of you, they're, they're not going to like it. And they're going to let you know they're not going to like it. And it's going to be with a kick or a punch. So I'm going to need you to breathe, especially 
if you feel overwhelmed. And that's the thing. So they, they start feeling overwhelmed, not because the, their partner is going hard, but because they know how to counter you every time. And that's that overwhelmness feeling that they feel that they ha- think they have to go harder mm-hmm. and they have to go faster. And that's when yeah. I, they probably want to hit something. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, I have to hit this guy somehow. Yeah. I just learned this move and let me see if I can do it. And yeah. Then the guy's just dodging everything and then hitting them a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah. 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 It's like, um, yeah, that's, that's being a white belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how you know. And but, I mean, but breathing is, is exactly is, is the yeah. point because, um, a lot of people in the beginning, even after a little bit of time, after doing it, they forget to breathe. Yeah. You know, uh, if you, put like a, like a microphone on them if you have to do it that. And you're going to see that for a long time, it was just like, a... <laughs> I'm like, man, oh, yeah. you know, you're like, you're like fighting somebody under the water. Would you do that? You know, because <laughs> is that's what you're doing to yourself. Like you have to breathe. Yeah. yeah. And they, and it's, it's hard to have to make sounds to remind, to, to, to remind yourself to have to breathe, have to do a couple of things, a couple of techniques. But yeah, that's one number one mistake people make is forget to breathe, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the... Yeah. And <laughs> Colin, Colin was a big advocate in breathing. He always said, breathe. If you're not breathing, I, I'm going to make sure he knows how to breathe. I'm like, okay. So yeah, we always breathe, breathe, breathe. Good. Well, Mr. Paul well. any closing words that you would like to say? Anything that you would like to let, I mean, your your students, hopefully they listen to this. Anything that you would like to tell them or anything? <laughs> now put me in the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I like to answer questions, not to come up with it. <laughs> uh, well, I think, uh, you know, if you jujitsu practitioner, you know, we talk a lot of things today. Actually, can help you, right? Like even the breathing thing, and then the, the attitude tournaments, and all the things that we talk about today. Um, you know, can you know you can pick one and and work on it for sure. Um, and yeah, like I hope uh, people that don't do martial arts uh, maybe listen to this uh, podcast and then uh, one day join martial arts. Doesn't matter what kind of martial arts you go for. It. Um, you know, because uh, martial arts is a, any martial arts is like a is a great uh, experience, and they have great philosophies, and they're gonna make you into a better person for sure, for sure. Yes. Ah, oh, thank you so much, Mr. Paulo. Thank you for this. I appreciate it. Everyone at home, I hope you enjoy this. We're kicking the podcast. I appreciate it, and I hope you have a good day, sir. Thank right, you thank so you very much. much. Appreciate it. We're kicking it. Dot com. Goodbye, everybody.